0: We would love to offer a first chapter feedback where both Courtney and I will review and give some feedback on your first chapters. If you would like to enter, all you have to do is share our post on Instagram and we will announce the winner in our newsletter, which you can sign up for from the link in our bio or directly on our website under the contact page and in our show notes. So thanks all.
1: And welcome to story beast hi hi should we say our names just in case i'm gabby i'm courtney <laughs> so um today we're talking about some editing stuff but i before we do that um i want to open it up and say i had a really good um breakfast oh you did <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> what did yeah. you have for breakfast uh my partner made breakfast and it was like a vegan omelet with just egg for anyone that's like how are you making a vegan omelet but so good if you don't like olives there's an olive free version I guess but there's something about the olive that just chef's kids. so <laughs> yeah anyway I just still got that that food memory happening mm-hmm. it was so good <laughs> so so um, do you have any I know so many people have different before we jump into editing so many different things about the new year. Some people make goals. Some people don't make goals. And I just I don't know. I just wanted to ask because this is our first episode that, you know, of you and me for the new year, I think. Right. Is it that's possible? I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, I just wanted to ask, Like, do you have any any things do you specifically do or not do?
0: I usually have a word, which is like my word that I try to carry through for the year. And I didn't do it this year.
1: Hmm.
0: Why didn't I do it? I didn't do it because I thought about it. And this year, last year for me, and the time that I'm in right now is very kind of unsettled. And I want to be able to choose something that's not going to disappoint me in the long run. Mm. so I feel like a lot of what's happening right now is just me kind of having to go with it and roll with it and adapt in ways that for my personality are quite difficult and so I don't know I guess if I was gonna have to really choose a word I would choose grace but I haven't done one this year and I don't feel bad about that. I have seen a lot of people posting about their intentions for the new year and some of them do intention words and some of them have goals and stuff and I I think that's really great. I think you know people should approach their lives as the, as you know what makes them happy. Um and for me this time it just didn't feel like the right thing. So I have not I don't have any new year's resolutions or um or any intention words this year. I like there's a bunch of stuff that i need to kind of move through the motions with and that feels like enough for me i kind of the 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 reason being as well is that the year feels like just a very long stretch considering all of the things that are happening in my life right now which are kind of very small chunks and i have to really take it day by day and so that's just how i've been approaching Mm. life lately what Mm. about you
1: yeah um I don't necessarily have a formal process, but I do make some goals and, you know, I have, I have a passion planner, which I just love. I love, um, you know, having the space each week to kind of sit down and figure out what my life is potentially going to look like for the next week. And I just, uh, I like that it has a lot of like these like self-reflective pieces in there. And that's something I think that's really nice for a check-in because I think goals can be flexible because life is, um, I don't know, like my life blows up all the time and I just, you just got to roll with it. Um, So yeah, I, I do... My I mean, my goal is to query the book I'm working on, but I also want to start a new project in a new world and actually just like think of something like I have like a couple of standalone ideas that I was like, I would love to just finally just do a standalone and not, you know, do this a giant epic of stuff (laughs) Um, and then (laughs) um, and then uh, also fold laundry
0: you fold a lot. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, I just like, just I, kidding. Okay. because it, there's just, I don't know, there's something I think about going to those mundane bits that maybe don't have anything to do with some of the other goals. But I just want to smooth some of the rough edges in my life. And I think that would be helpful. So I'm trying to kind of just build, I, I just read Atomic Habits and I really liked it. And I don't know, it really talks about kind of building good systems for yourself uh, instead of, you know, oh, I'm going to do this thing. It's kind of more about the system than like the outcome necessarily. And I I really like that. And uh, so anyway, I've just been folding my laundry for like two minutes each evening right now. And I feel proud of it.
0: (laughs) As you should. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone's looking for a good system and you want some tips, I I actually, I mean, that book is pretty, I think pretty well known, but I I really, I really liked it. I'm also reading uh, 4,000 weeks and um, I talked about this on an episode we haven't put out yet, but hustle and float, you know, and I just kind of, I'm interested in
0: progress and also like being human. So yeah. Yeah. And I think that's such an important aspect also in what we're about to talk about, which Mm -hmm. is feedback. Um, In just remembering that we're not machines and that giving and receiving feedback has so many different elements and aspects that we Mm -hmm. need to take into consideration as storytellers, but also as the people who may be on the giving end of the feedback. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do we want to dive in? What if I said no? (laughs) Yes. The answer is yes. Of course. (laughs) Okay. So I was thinking we could talk about this in here comes my little logical structure. Oh my goodness. Um, (laughs) Stop hating on me.
1: No, I love you. I love you. That's (laughs) like, I I love, I love that, that that's something I could potentially expect. And I, I appreciate that about you.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Um, uh, Oh, just before I get into this, I just want to say as well, that I really appreciate that you and like there's like a couple of people in my life who just always remind me about the things that like how far I've come. And I feel like that's also reason I can kind of get Mm. away with not doing all of this like reflective New Year stuff because Mm. I have this amazing this amazing support system around me where people are like, oh but you did that thing and look how far you've come with this. And um like yeah my my critique partners are incredible with that like not only in terms of my writing stuff but also in terms of just life stuff. And sometimes it's really easy to just get stuck inside the kind of churning wheel of whatever's going on in life and forget how far you've come. Yeah. So I want to say thank you for that. Oh, of course.
1: Anytime. I, I think that that is really important to be able to do that because, you know, I, I think it can be easy to get so narrowed in on. This is the success, right? This is the only way Mm -hmm. it can happen. And there's so many steps to get to that thing. And then having people that are like, you know, you did this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing. Like, I mean, it it takes time, you know? So, yeah, I think you're a superstar. Thank you.
0: I wasn't fishing for compliments, but since you're... Sure you were. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to dole them out. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so we'll go back into the feedback stuff. So we're both in kind of the, the revision phases of our books, and we thought it'd be really fun to talk about the concept of feedback. And I thought about separating into kind of three aspects, how to ask for what you need, how to give people the feedback that they're actually asking for, and then how to receive feedback. Mm-hmm. Okay, so because each of these specific things, when I just started out writing... I didn't really have very much of an idea what I was asking for when I asked people to read for me. I didn't know how to give feedback to people. And when I got the feedback, it was sometimes very hard to swallow. So I think that, the, and and it's not necessarily something that changes hugely um, as you go through your projects, unless you take some time to really reflect on what it is that you, that you want from it and how you want to interact with people when they ask for it. So how to ask for feedback that you need. Do you want me to to tell you the way that I do it? Or do you have some ideas already? Oh, please tell me. Okay. So for me, I think part of this kind of involves thinking or knowing at least some of your weaknesses Mm. so that you have your draft and you already have an idea of where you think you can improve. And this is separate to what other people might read and think and see that you don't see. But to have that level of awareness and then to have some, to formulate for yourself some very specific questions about your feedback. Because one thing that I learned is that if you don't have specific questions and you just ask people for feedback, they're going to give you a huge range. And they're going to, if you ask for feedback, you're going to get feedback. This is something that I learned also the hard way. So you have to try to structure it. You have to think about where you are in your journey if you're at a zero draft level then generally the type of feedback that you want as you're drafting is positivity feedback so you want people to kind of push you along as you go at least for me that's how i go if i'm sharing chapters as i'm going along the type of feedback that i want is all the things that you love so i can just keep feeling motivated to reach the end when i've gotten to the end then i need to know what's wrong with it in big picture kind of thinking so the type of information that you would get in an edit letter those are the kind of the, where do I need to move things around? Do I need to cut characters? Do I need to combine characters? Do I need to uh, shift big plot things out or in? And so that level of feedback is also very specific to the broader questions and you need to be able to formulate those for yourself. Um, And again, you don't have to cover everything because there'll be things because you've Created this in your own mind without anybody else's input, there'll be things that other people see that you don't necessarily see right away. But those, that structure I think is also important to think through because then you get an idea of for yourself as you're going through those questions, how to start navigating and forming a map in your own mind of what your story is really about. Because for me, and I I think this is probably the case for a lot of people, even if you're a very intense plotter. The story can sometimes grow its own legs and walk in a direction that you didn't intend for. And so by the time you get to the end of that draft, there's going to be things that need revision in a way that you just can't anticipate. So kind of to know and and realize that for yourself. So that's how I start thinking about going into feedback and then formulating those questions and sending it off to people when I'm at a zero draft ending. And then after the zero draft, getting somebody else to read it and then having a different set of questions for people who've read it before and people who have never read it and asking again those very specific questions. And they're gonna be questions like, and we can we can actually make a worksheet maybe and share these, because I think there's some some questions that I use as standard for some some things that I share within my writing group, but others that I think are can be used In general, for feedback questions, things like do you connect with the character? What do you think about their voice? How how are you feeling grounded in certain scenes? Do you feel like their motivations are you know those kinds of questions that need to be are are the external motivations clear? Are they tying into the internal internal motivations? What do you think about the character arc in these specific points? Are the beats clear to you? Can you identify them as you read? How did you feel the pacing was in these sections? Did you feel you know those kinds of questions? I think we can we can probably share with people if that's helpful. Where did you stop reading? Right. You know, that's a good one. Um, Yeah, that's one that I have in my in my writing group is like, were you bored at any point? Because that's the the, I can go and put the kettle on kind of question now. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: I do want to hop in and say that, you know, if you are at the point where you're shopping around for someone to read your stuff, it might be a good idea to get like a flavor of how people provide feedback. And you can do that by saying, will you read You know, my first X amount of pages, my first chapter, something like that, a small amount before you hand over all your stuff and get a bunch of feedback that may or may not work for you. Because I think that, you know, just like writing, you know, we can all be given the same idea and we will probably all write something kind of different. Right. We're all different people. So I also think that people. We've talked about this before about people who really get your story, who really get you, you know, and you're shopping around. We'll say for um, for someone that's gonna get on that level and. You know, even if someone's really wonderful, they just it just they might not be a good fit for that. Or someone might be really good for one type of edit even. Right. So someone, you know, that does really good at line edit stuff, like maybe you want to give them your draft later when it's all like more like looking for a polish. And you just mm-hmm. say, like, hey, um, can you read this for X thing?
0: Mm. Yeah, it's great that you said that because I actually wanted to mention, so I've, I've talked about like the as you're drafting and getting feedback on the fly, um, the the zero draft, like big edit stuff, and then the kind of finer edit when you get into the, the next rounds of revision. But the the point that you made about, you know, what are what are people's specific strengths also kind of ties into the last round, which is you want to send your book to a couple of people who are only readers. They read exactly in your genre. They love everything that's written in your They they have, you know, from your comps list, they're invested in those books or those authors. And so they're reading as a reader would read it. And they will give you the type of feedback that you need in order to understand whether your book is ready to query. Because you want to get it to a level where everything feels consistent. It feels like a real book.
1: Yeah. And I actually just did something in my Instagram stories recently, and I'll kind of share a little bit about it, but it was um, just about getting beta readers, right? So those are the people that are maybe going to read as readers. And um, I feel like I got some very interesting replies. I think that, you know, everyone does things differently. So the standard range we'll say was, you know, anywhere from like two to five people. Right. And I would say three was a, I got a lot of three, like people use like three people for that. Let's see here. Um, Someone pointed out um, I like beta rounds, so three readers per round. Um, So if you're going to do multiple revisions, maybe that's something that works for you um, with at least one set of fresh eyes for new versions. So I think that's interesting. Another thing about fresh eyes on a revision, but as many as you want. This was actually from Faisal here, and he said three for the first round. Uh, for the first draft one writer one close friend slash family member and one trusted casual I thought that was kind of an interesting um reply I think like the casual you know idea I think that is really interesting and good um as well um Lou said three me being one of them cool Um, (laughs) um let's see Um, And then, you know, and one piece here is someone said, not many, the more voices, the further from your original intent. Uh, Gabby, do you want to say a little bit about that? Because I I feel like we've talked about this before.
0: I do, but I wonder if we, um, yeah, so let's, let's talk about like how to receive feedback then, because I feel like that kind of fits into, into that. So before you even read your feedback, you need to have a very clear idea of what you're willing to compromise or even better what you're willing to not compromise. And, you know, if, if somebody comes and says, well, I really think that you should add, I don't know, five other characters into the story because it'll just make the plot far more interesting. If you have more. whatever, just something random add dragons, um, <laughs> <because> dragons, <laughs> that's are cool. not bad know. advice. So it's, it's not <laughs> 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 well, you see, so <laughs> I think know for yourself before you even open up the document what you're willing to compromise on and then read it through without touching it at all. Just read it. And usually, especially if this is your first experience with feedback, it'll hurt probably sometimes, um, sometimes more than others. And you just have to kind of go into it, remembering that the person is trying to help you and that you asked for the help. Um and also then to read it all and then to put it away and just give it a little bit of time for your mind to process those things. Because a lot of what we put on the page is so personal. We bring ourselves, we bring really all of our emotionality and we are vulnerable in our stories. And so receiving feedback on that, which is critical, can sometimes be quite painful. And so just before even kind of thinking about what to, what kind of feedback to take on board, to give it a little bit of space and then to come back to it, whatever feels right for you, whenever that feels right for you in terms of timing. And think about whether it fits into the message that you want to give with that story. And if it does so always to think kind of big picture and then kind of narrow down as you go. And you will have a, for me, this is the part where I go on feelings, right? So sometimes I'll read a comment and I'll think, okay. Fair comment, but I don't think this person understood what I was trying to do with the story. If more than one person tells you that, then your intention is not coming through in the story. So if if they don't get it and they don't get it equally, then something's wrong in the way that you're delivering it. And then it's something that maybe you have to pay attention to. But otherwise, I think you have to go with your gut. And I kind of try to think of my story as its own person. And so thinking about how can I be fair to this person? It has so many aspects, so many layers of personality, so many events within its own life. And I have to think about which, which of these things am I going to draw on and, and share and which not? And how can I be fair to this person when I do that? And when I think about it as this living being, then I kind of treat it with a certain level of respect of okay, some there's somebody else coming in who also cares about this person. Maybe they don't understand the person in the way that I understand the person, but they're just trying to be there to kind of shape it, right? Or this mm-hmm. this being, to kind of shape this being. Um I know my brain is weird, but whatever. No, I love so, this <laughs> metaphor. Um, it actually
1: reminds me of a little bit of the way uh V.E. Schwab talks about uh drafting. I, I think it's drafting, but laying down the bones and the muscle, you know. Um and I think thinking of, you know, something as personal as story um, and making it alive, because it is, you know, we talk about the story beast, right? Like, it,
0: I mean, it is, um, it's something that, you know, has its own heartbeat. Yeah, completely. I remember when I started receiving feedback and the way that I tried to implement that feedback was really, okay, somebody said this thing, I got to fix it here in this place, in this place, in this place, in this place, and then move on to the next thing. And I realized that I needed to read all of the feedback, step back and think about how do each of these aspects fit into how I'm going to tackle a revision. So which of these are big picture things? Where do I need to think about adjusting them? How are they going to affect other parts of the story and the plot? Do I need to think about deepening certain arcs or grounding people more in certain places? Why, you know, is this issue cropping up in different places? If it's just a line edit, then it's a line edit. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's something like, so I'll make an example in the very first series that I ever wrote, um, which is in a drawer, a big drawer because it's big. <laughs> <laughs> the the issue that I had at first was really connecting with the character's emotion and I was trying to go back and like fix it in, in certain aspects of line edit. But what I needed to do was to step back and think about the character's arc and understand how all of her emotions were going to be changing throughout her arc. And then thinking about how I wanted her expression to reflect those changes in different parts of her journey. So not to just go in on the very kind of micro level and try to make, you know, try to put in the thoughts and and make it deeper here and... It wasn't I was I was going too deep before I'd really stepped back and understood what I needed to do with the story as a whole in terms of her internal character development. Mm,
1: I know. And And one one thing I think about that story that I think maybe is a a good mention is how many revisions you did on it and how it was really hard for you to even see the story at a certain point. Then you and I did a contract contract. Where you weren't allowed to touch it, and you ended up yeah. being so itchy that you had to write something else. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I think that that's a really important part I think to mention too is, you know, the break that you're going to need. Maybe even if you do get feedback, maybe you should, as you're saying, sit on it for a while and Mm. do something different. Uh, And then when you come back, you can almost come back with a different perspective.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's part of the reason why I mentioned time in that it's because I'm really bad with that aspect of, of anything really with, with feedback, with waiting for things, I get really impatient. I know that I've said this before and I do think it's important to in whatever way feels right for you, make sure that you do give space to your projects. I definitely needed the space. And the reason that I spent so much time revising that first book that I ever wrote was because I wasn't able to step back. I didn't, I just didn't consider doing that. I wanted to get the feedback, do the thing, get it done, send it out. And that's the way that I, I, that's the way that I functioned in my job. And that was how I just was trying to approach story, which is... You know, this is a, a living, breathing entity and you can't rush it. And I didn't understand that at that point. It took me a long time to get to, the, to to come to that realization and to be fair. And really, it was your contract that you made me sign that forced me to step away and gain some perspective. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. I thought two weeks was enough. It's fine. I can get back into it. But when I was receiving feedback before that, I was just taking the feedback, doing the thing, getting on with it, moving through to the next thing. And it, it wasn't really working for me.
1: I think one one other thing is if you you know you get feedback and you're going to go back into your draft and if your mind is reading your draft without your eyes actually like looking at it or whatever, then you probably need more space because I think that that is one of those things when you've read something so many times, it's like you actually I feel like you can't even read it you're not reading it and it's not it's just not going to work now I think we I don't think we've talked about this on here but we did talk about at at some point changing font comic sans (laughs) so don't you dare
0: so um All right. Yes. Um, We might have talked about it on here. I don't remember, but I do mention this every now and then. I saw great. I don't even know where I saw it or where I heard it, but somebody mentioned that when you're editing, and this is not necessarily a feedback thing, this is more kind of an editing thing, but.
1: I changed my font for you in the thing that I sent you because you've read my first chapter so many times. I was like. Oh, Oh, that's lovely.
0: So for feedback, you do use the font thing. Okay. I just thought I would try it.
1: And I thought it, um, Did I use
0: Palantino?
1: I just like that font. (laughs)
0: Anyway. I didn't didn't even know that was a font. Um, (laughs) But Thank you. Thank you for Palantino. Okay. So what the font thing is, is just to, if you've read and reread a thing very many times, then your brain just fixes it when there's something missing and it fills in the word that it thinks needs to be there or fixes the spelling mistake that it thinks needs to be there. And you don't see it because... Your brain is efficient and it just wants to get on with it. And so it fixes it for you. If you change the font, it thinks it's seeing something new. And so it pays attention in a different way and you'll pick up the mistakes much better. Also, just as an aside, if you switch between things like Word and Google Docs and um, Scrivener, they all have very different dictionaries and you'll pick up your spelling mistakes. So if you're in like kind of the very last stage and you want to send out to your beta readers before you ask for feedback, you can just uh, take different versions, put them in different documents and see mm. um, like as a quick, as a quick review, if there are any spelling errors that pop you're up. so clever. You, um, no, I just burned myself enough times that <laughs> I noticed. Uh, <laughs> you just <laughs> so burned. Oh burned. man. Yeah. Um, all right. So that is what I think about receiving feedback. I I also think I may have mentioned this before to make sure that you, you ask people who you, whose opinions you respect. Mm-hmm. So, so we talked about like how, yes, you can ask people who connect with your story and you can ask people who are, you know, readers in terms of, I don't, I don't mean this in a rude way. Like, of course you can respect everybody's opinions in terms of what they think about your story, but let's say um, you read a book And you don't connect with the story, but it's still well written. And then you get that same author to read your work. And they're great then in terms of giving you feedback on like grammatical structure and stuff. But maybe you didn't connect with the story that they told. And so their feedback in terms of big picture edits is not going to be the same type of feedback that you might want to take on for your own plot because you're telling story in a different way. And so, yeah, just to be clear, like, I'm not trying to be mean about it. I'm just saying, like, try to try to connect with people who can connect with the with the way that you deliver your storytelling.
1: Yeah, I want to know or I want to say that I know that you connect with my story because you uh, sent me this song and you were like, this song is like these two characters in your story. And it's a deep end by Holly Humberstone. And I listened to it and it's like, oh, my gosh, she just gets me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um one thing I want to mention is as someone who is giving feedback, you know, when someone tells me be brutal, I am never like that. You know, I mean I, I think there's, you know, I'll I'll I think what they mean is really go deep into it, but I always make sure that I'm saying what I like, you know, because I don't, and this is just how I am, and you know, and maybe some people don't like this, you know, but uh for me. If someone really wants my feedback, I always pepper in compliments because I just don't I don't know. I don't feel like anyone just likes to read like fix this, fix this, fix this or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and because there's and even if I've read something, uh, you know, before I just I always make sure that I like add in some compliments too, like, you know, I'm still really loving this. And I feel like you and Nadine are really good about doing that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. we have to keep yeah, each other
0: afloat. Let's talk about how to give feedback, because I feel like yeah. this is really important. I think part of it is, part of it is, is looking at, you know, sometimes people won't tell you what they want. And so the first thing is really to ask them what type of feedback are you looking for? Are you looking for a positivity read? Because that type of feedback is, I I find those the funnest things. And sometimes even then when I'm reading, reading something really good, I kind of get annoyed because I have to stop and like write a thing. And I'm just like, I'm having so much fun reading this. But even that kind of comment is useful to the person Mm -hmm who wrote it because then they know what you're enjoying and what to add more of and like you know where they're shining and what their strengths are so I think that's really important and then I think one of the things that is really difficult when you're giving feedback as a writer and not necessarily only as a reader is to remember that it's not your story Mm -hmm. and the story doesn't have to be written in the way that you envision the story to you know, what you would like it to be. It's, it's somebody else's story. And um, to kind of be respectful of that and think about what are they trying to achieve with this? You can make suggestions, I think. So what I do sometimes is I'll make a suggestion and give an example with it to kind of illustrate my point, which is not to say that the person should change their writing to that exact example that I'm giving, um, but to kind of show the reasoning behind it. And then if they can understand the reasoning to see why there was a disconnect between what they'd written and what I I absorbed. And then if that comes up in somebody else's feedback, that I think is more useful for you to see the thinking behind the this is what I suggest, rather than, oh, I'm just gonna change this because they they think it sounds better. So I think that aspect of, of feedback is really important.
1: I think too Being in a space where feedback is happening makes you a better writer because Mm. there has been a lot that I have learned from just witnessing feedback. And so I think that, you know, even if you're like, wow, I don't, you know, I don't really even know where to begin. I think, you know, because I think it's a learning process to be a person who is giving feedback. Right. Mm. And I learned a lot. We've had, we had Maya on. One of our first uh, one of our first legendaries. So um, I think that I learned so much from Maya and Mm. a lot of. You know, more like technical pieces, right? But then also just examples of like what we're talking now in terms of what would you like to have happen. And I think just witnessing all of that and maybe the kind of community that you may build for yourself and mm-hmm. how you want to proceed as a professional in this sphere, if that is your intended goal. Uh, but I think that a lot of my writing has improved just because you know, <laughs> this is um, you know, I, I get comments from Gabby on my manuscript where she's like you do love me. And it's because I've maybe done a whole sentence where there's like three S sounds or something like that. (laughs) You you know, for me. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do. And well, and because I also enjoy that, you know, and it's something that I've become more aware of in my writing is something that that's a tendency of mine. And I do Mm -hmm. it on purpose now because I've gotten this feedback from someone. And now when I'm actually in a drafting space, my writing's a little stronger and it's not perfect or anything like that. It's more conscious, I would say. It is. It is. And um, or when I'm thinking about filtering words and if I want to, like, sometimes I might actually want to filter something and I just decide to sometimes, um, mm. or I will purposely add in an adverb. And mm. I, I tend to do that. I, I don't add in adverbs like I did at the beginning of my writing, but there's sometimes I'm like, oh this is so interesting, you know? And I think about those things just a little differently now. And that is because mm. I've received feedback.
0: Yeah, and I you know, I just want to give a really big shout out and a whole lot of love to my writing group because mm-hmm. for every single person that has shared every single week, I have learned so much. I don't think there's no workshop, there's no course, there is no book, nothing that could ever have taught me as much as these women who come together every single week and sit down and we just discuss the hell out of whoever's excerpt is shared mm-hmm. in that week. and. It is incredible how much I've learned, even if I'm not sharing that week, just to read through somebody else's work. You know, it's not my voice. Um, it's not the way that I would have told the story because everybody tells the story differently. And still, I learned so much from them. Yes, I learn about falter words. I learn about how to like as I'm writing something and as the sentence is formulating, I'm thinking about I can hear like Rachel's voice in my head or Jenny's mm-hmm. voice in my head going, oh, what about this or Crystal? And, uh, you know, everybody's voices are kind of... Um, alive inside my brain as I'm drafting. And I feel Mm -hmm. like everyone's just there with me and helping me Mm -hmm. formulate the best story possible. And I love that because it's made me a better writer just by showing up and being present for the love of story and for interacting with this community, which I think is one of the best things that has ever happened to me ever.
1: Yeah, there's hardly any way to follow that up because that's just absolutely (laughs) true. Um, You get a lot of resources from other writers, uh, you know, things you might not expect. Jenny just sent this amazing thing from uh, Susan Dennard's, you know, she was talking about Mm -hmm. something Susan Dennard had said, and we had a lively discussion and email about it. But uh, but that was really lovely. Um, And then, you know, one thing I'll bring in is I actually I mentioned Atomic Habits earlier. and. There was this um example he gave just about getting better at a thing, right? And it was about a photography class, right? And there was two two different groups, right? One, their their grade would be determined by if they just took one photo that was just like amazing. So their whole course, you had to just take one photo that was amazing. The other group, their grade was just determined by the quantity that they made. So just do a lot. And the end result was actually that the people that did quantity ended up being better because they were constantly doing right. And, you know, they're just taking pictures everywhere they go every time. They're like, oh, this looks great. Just experimenting. And I think that that is so much of getting better is just keep it up,
0: keep trying different things and keep seeing what happens. I think, yes, that's probably part of it. But I also wonder about, you know, the fact that they're all photography students. (laughs) Did you Mm. say that? They're photography students. Um, Yeah. So that there's a certain level of intentionality already. There's an interest that that you're showing up for something that you care about. I'm thinking about somebody that I studied with, like my undergrad, who once said to me, Because I was spending all these late nights doing all these things and I was so tired. And I was like, I have to get my thesis written and this thing isn't working. And he said something really interesting. He said, you know what, though? Every time, like every hour that you've spent here in this lab doing this thing is an hour that is pushing you forward in a way that you're not thinking about because you're just thinking about that end goal. But just look back and see all of this effort that you've put in. There's no way that you're not moving forward. And so in everything that you do, even when it feels like you're not making progress, you're still growing. And so every time, even when you're taking on feedback and you're feeling like, well, there's a lot of stuff that I need to change or fix or do, you are growing from that. And your craft is growing from that, which I think is one of the most important things that you can have as, um, as a storyteller is to grow your craft and to be really kind of consistent about that um for me anyway i think that's been something that i really can't live without when i think about storytelling i don't want to be a static storyteller i don't want to tell my stories in the same way for the rest of my life i'm not a static being mm-hmm. I'm going to change. I'm going to have different experiences in my life that are probably going to inform the way that I tell story. But at the same time, I don't want my craft then also to remain uh, behind me. I want it to grow with me as I change. And I feel like that has to be a very conscious thing that happens. You have to be aware, as we talked about, you know, as you, as you notice these, um, these different aspects of feedback, you start to notice them in your own writing because they become part of your consciousness. They become something that, because you can be a reader And you can know more or less, this is a good book and this is a book that I don't enjoy for different reasons. You can tell already innately what is good writing and what isn't, or what is good storytelling and what isn't. But that doesn't mean that you have the level of um, awareness of certain details and tools that you could incorporate. And so as you allow yourself to become aware of those things, and then to consciously incorporate them into your writing, I think that that is what makes for better craft and, and better storytelling.
1: Agree one hundred percent. And what I wrote in my planner for this week was actually remember those one percent differences because you know one percent plus one percent plus one percent you keep on getting a little better at a time. There's always a breakthrough moment, and I don't you know we talk about like these overnight successes. There's no such thing as an overnight success. It is many nights <laughs> of trying and trying and <laughs> trying. So yeah. um, I think it's just important to remember that. You know, it and I, and we talk about this all the time, you know, and when we get in a slump of, gosh, when is this ever going to happen? And for me, I just believe like it is impossible that it won't if you keep on putting this energy into it and it moves it a bit at a time in a way that maybe you don't see and it's invisible to you. And one day there's just that breakthrough moment and it feels like, wow, all of a sudden this thing is different, but it's not all of a sudden, it's just Mm. something you haven't seen until that
0: moment. Yeah. Can you, can you write that book of taglines for me, for me? Because you know what I wrote in my planner this week? Hmm. Remember what? to drink water. So that's good. <laughs> I no, that's your good. Tagline book. Okay.
1: Well, I'll just, I'll send you one per week. How about that? Um, yes. You know, but, uh, but I actually think that the water piece is a valuable thing um, <laughs> because it, we, I don't drink enough water and I think sometimes, there are moments like in my planner, I'll be like, just do the basics, because sometimes I'm feeling a sense of unwellness and it's because I'm not taking care of myself in basic ways. So, you know, eat your your meals, drink your water, take your meds, get all your sleep. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so. And on that note, <laughs> on that note. All right. What are what have you eaten, Gabby? I know we talked about food, but we'll talk about it again. Oh, my
0: God. Actually, I'm so glad you asked me that question because I made a pudding today, which I've oh. never made in my life. It is a very South African dessert and it is called Malva pudding oh. and it's delicious. It's very sweet, but it's delicious. And I actually I didn't make it with sugar. I made it with honey. So it's not oh. vegan, but you can make it with sugar. Oh. Um, yeah. So it is. Um, it's this cake, which you bake and then it comes out and it looks kind of like it's dry, but then you make a syrup and you pour it over and the syrup soaks into the cake. (gasps) And then you just kind of wait a few minutes for all the syrup to soak in and then you serve it warm and it is so good. Um, we're going to go have some later again. Um, so yeah, I, Ooh, I can share that recipe. I, I sort of modified it a whole lot from like a whole lot of different recipes. So I think I could just post that. We could put it on our website and then link it in show notes. Yes, let's Perfect. do that. We oh, have, yeah, we should, we, should we should have a should snack cage. Yeah, snap. <laughs> 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 Great minds, I know, hungry minds ever.
1: Yeah, um, I am gonna make this. Maybe sounds weird. You'll probably think it's cool. Um, a beetroot latte, no coffee, but um, it's beetroot powder, uh, oat milk. So n- probably not oat milk for you, but soy milk or coconut milk. Coconut milk for you. And then um with a little bit of um vanilla extract and maple syrup.
0: So very good. Can you hear all the crickets outside? They're going crazy. I thought I heard a bird earlier. There are a bunch of birds and crickets. Like because it's gone dark now. And yeah.
1: What time is it there? there? It is six twenty p.m. It's it is eleven eighteen AM. It must be eleven twenty or eleven or yeah. It's like it's that's Eleven eighteen. yeah yeah okay yeah yeah so maybe we'll
0: we'll link those recipes then mm. that will be yes. delicious let's do that i will write it down especially for story east i should okay. have taken a picture i'll have to make another one and take a picture mm-hmm. it, it flew we had some guests and we just it's tragic you'll have
1: to have another delicious dessert <laughs> it's a tragedy i know I'm
0: making a note too good somewhere.
1: okay everyone we will have some recipes and you can feel like we're with you when you're doing your story activities and uh snacking actually it's drinking. a very easy cake to make so good I actually feel like this is a polarizing thing if people um eat at all when they do story stuff because we have had some people that are like I would never
0: I understand like not bringing food to your laptop I do understand that but I don't understand not eating I don't understand yeah (laughs) can't process. yeah malfunction right
1: to each their own yes all right everyone thank you for joining us be be brave wait (laughs) wait okay let's start be brave (laughs) Stay Beasley Ooh, and have your pudding (laughs) <laughs> but you gonna say? Something about feedback and like? Pudding. Oh well, yeah, give good yeah, feedback, yeah. I guess. Um, but also, I'm putting, <laughs> love it.